This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Bringing you a common sense and fresh perspective to creating a just society. This is Common Sense on Social Justice. You'll get equipped with the tools you need to carry out social justice right where you are. Now, here's the host of Common Sense on Social Justice, Michael Davis. And thank you so much for joining us today. Once again, it is a pleasure to have you with us in this ongoing conversation of how to create a just society right where you are. Feel free to email me your questions, uh, any concerns you have, or any positive feedback, and to just let me know what you're doing in creating a just society right where you are. You can email me at sjcommonsense at gmail.com, and that'll be repeated at the end of the show today. Uh, today is going to be a break from our ongoing conversation with the compendium of the social doctrine of the church. I felt it was necessary to have a conversation about something that is an uh, ongoing tragedy in our world, and that is mass shootings. It seems to be a, a, a rise and a consistent rise in the amount of mass shootings and mass killings uh, of innocent people. And this topic that we'll be discussing today leaves a heavy burden on all our hearts. Uh, it's a sad reality and all too and becoming an all too common uh, occurrence in our world. Mass shootings where an individual will either drive or bring guns, uh, especially uh, uh, weapons that are meant for mass killings into a crowd of innocent people. And then several people end up dead and wounded as a result. It happens in our schools, happens at musical concerts, happens in grocery stores now. It just seems to be happening, it feels like, weekly now. It seems that some individuals have become radicalized and have taken uh, extreme measures to go into these crowded areas, such as shopping malls and so on, and take the lives of many innocent people. Unfortunately, Again, as I said, it's just becoming common now. And it's almost like the, the media, it's becoming so common that the media is covering it quicker and moving on to the next subject. What is the cause of all this? What are the answers? Uh, again, if you want to give feedback, please do so at the email address. They'll be repeated again at the end. But let's look at the situation as we begin this response to mass shootings, mass killings. In 1998, a young man named Kip Kinkle, who was 15 years old at the time, murdered his parents in their home. He then went to his high school in Springfield, Oregon, and took several lives and left others severely wounded in a shooting rampage at his high school with an arsenal of weapons and ammunition. In 1998, two teenage boys went into their high school known as Columbine High School in Colorado and went on a killing 
rampage that rocked the nation. They too were armed with an insane amount of weapons and ammunition. And what strikes me about this particular shooting rampage is that it was done uh, with a very well-planned out attack that they had worked on for a long time to carry out. In 2017, a lone gunman stood in a hotel room on the 32nd floor in Las Vegas. A concert was happening below, and the man began shooting into the crowd from that 32nd floor window, and 59 people lost their lives and more than 500 people were wounded. And then recently, a young man went into an elementary school in Texas with very little children, kindergarten children, and went on a killing rampage with weapons and extreme amount of ammunition. And I wish I could tell you there's no more than these four incidences, but it seems that weekly there are mass shootings happening. And let's not forget, too, that there are mass shootings carried out all over the world daily. Our brothers and sisters are going about their everyday lives and suddenly having their lives come to an end by someone who is out of their mind. As we consider this sad reality and this very sad injustice, people being killed for no reason, uh, that for nothing they, they have done, innocent people, we've got to respond to this. We've got to find answers. The politicians keep talking about answers. The media keeps talking about and then moving on to the next newsworthy subject. But nobody's coming up with solutions, and we want to do this together. But before we do that, let's look at the causes. What would cause these mass shootings, especially on an increasing basis? And as we look at the causes of these mass shootings, I want to remind you that if we are to create a just society, we must understand what is the cause and what is not the cause. Because if we do not get this right, then we're surely going to fail in our response. The politicians keep coming up with the wrong cause for these mass killings. And I th they call it mass shootings, but the shooting isn't the problem. Yeah, we need to stop people from shooting at people, but what's really happening is people are being murdered. They're being killed. So it's really mass killings because what the term mass shootings does is puts the emphasis on the weapon mass killing puts the emphasis on the person who's behind the weapon and that's where the emphasis needs to be but if we don't get the cause right then we're never going to get to the right answer so the first thing that is not a cause for uh for these mass killings is guns. Guns are not a cause for these. And you say, well, they're using guns. Well, certainly they're using guns. But I want to get this one out of the way because the politicians keep talking about guns, 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 gun control. Every time there's a mass killing, we need more gun control. The problem is guns are not what's killing the person. Yes, it's the tool being used, but it takes that person to pull the trigger and to use that weapon and the fact is, you can make all the gun laws in the world you want, but if someone is intent on killing, then they're going to find a way to kill. For centuries, uh, humans or millennia 
rather, humans have killed each other with arrows, bows and arrows, uh, knives, their bare hands. I mean, like martial art artists, they can kill people with their bare hands. If somebody is intent on killing, they're going to find a way to kill. So we can't keep blaming the weapon because they can. if we take away one weapon, the killers are just going to use another weapon. You got to understand, taking guns away does not keep them out of the hands of killers anyways. It only keeps them out of the hands of innocent people who want to defend themselves. The bad guys are always going to get their hands on guns. What you're doing with these gun control laws is you're, you're taking them out of the hands of, of good citizens who just simply want to defend themselves in a world where guns are a reality. Now, one note I want to make on this point that guns are not the cause of mass killings is that there have been mass shootings prevented because someone nearby was legally carrying a gun and was able to disable the potential shooter. So when you have gun laws that allow honest citizens to carry guns, could be in that crowd somebody's got a gun legally and they're responsible with that gun and they can then disable the potential shooter. And I notice I didn't say kill the potential shooter. I think if you're a gun if you're if you're a gun expert, you can train yourself to disable somebody without killing them. Not always, but that's the goal at least. And besides, as I said, guns are not the only way to kill people. It takes someone intent on killing to pull that trigger. Trying to blame a gun for killing is like blaming a water hose for flooding the yard. It takes someone to turn the water on for the water hose to flood the yard. So we've always had guns, at least in America, but we ha have not always had mass shootings especially to this scale. In fact, if there was a mass shooting in the past, it was a very, very, very rare occurrence. And we'll talk more later about guns because there are things we can do around that particular weapon, but we'll talk about that later when we get to the solutions. One cause, though, that I do see with <clears throat> when it comes to mass killings is radicalization. This means that there are individuals in our society who have become radicalized, just like the Taliban. I've been reading a book by uh, someone who belongs to the Islamic religion who talks about the Taliban, and they kind of just say the Taliban is our, yeah, they're uh, Islamic individuals who have become radicalized. And there are people in our society who have become radicalized. There are many websites on the internet that have the potential to radicalize people with the poisonous ideologies that they spew out. Now, I understand that in a healthy society that free speech is important. I get that. However, we must take responsibility for the content of music and websites and movies and so on. Now, I want to say along this particular thought line that I do not want government ever given the responsibility to regulate speech ever. You do not want the government outlawing certain types of music or certain movies or whatever, just because they contain violence in them. You do not want to go down that road because the government doesn't understand boundaries and they don't know ever when to stop. And besides the government doesn't possess wisdom anyways. 
So you don't want the government regulating speech or individuals. Uh, because once the government is given a, the, the green light to regulate speech, then they'll begin just basically regulating all speech. And then after a while, you'll not be able to say anything, just like George Orwell's 1984 makes clear that then you end up with the ministry of truth, which determines what you say. You don't want to go down that road. But you also don't want to continue to let these movies that perpetuate violence and these websites on the Internet that spew out poisonous uh, ideologies and these uh, uh, music, uh, these songs that get produced that produce violence or at least speak to violence and, and so on. But what do we how do we deal with these dangerous songs and dangerous sites and movies? Well, what we can do is as a society actually get together and choose to boycott them as private citizens. We can make people aware of them and encourage people not to visit those websites, not to listen to that particular song or whatever. Just do public campaigns and make people around you aware. Here's what's being, you know, perpetuated in this movie. Let's boycott it and not see that movie and make them lose money. And when they lose money and they lack viewers, then they start getting the message that we're not putting up with this. So individuals being radicalized is one instance. And the way they get radicalized is they become isolated and then they become start visiting poisonous websites out of boredom and then listening to certain music, watching certain movies. And after a while, it starts changing them. Now, Jesus says that, you know, what goes into you comes out. So if that poison and violence is going into you, it it's, has a real opportunity to come out in violence as well. A man who had done mass killings at a supermarket in New York recently, they were, he said that the reason why he did what he did is because during COVID-19 pandemic, when you had all the lockdowns and people were isolated in their houses, he said he became radicalized by visit. He got bored. He started visiting websites. He really liked these dark websites started. And you can say, yeah, there's deeper problems. And I'm sure there are. But the fact is, he's, he was admitting I became radicalized through these websites, and then I just carried this thing out uh, over the two years that the lockdowns were happening in New York. Now, another cause of, of these mass killings would be mental illness. Many people uh, tout the accomplishments of President Reagan, and if you're a fan of President Reagan, I'm going to rain on your parade a little bit. I mean, I grew up in the 1980s and I remember my parents loving President Reagan. I didn't quite understand it back then. I was too young to really understand what was going on. But one big issue I do have with his pregnant uh, presidency was the legislation to deinstitutionalize health programs and facilities. Now, I want to make something clear because one side of the issue says that Reagan did not deinstitutionalize healthcare programs. The other side says President Reagan basically shut down uh, all mental health services when he was governor in California and then when he was president of the United States. I want to give you a bit more balanced approach in researching this out further. And the reason why this matters is because from this act this legislation that was 
past came a flood of mentally ill people just wandering the streets. Uh, in fact, I believe it's one of the reasons why we have rampant homelessness now. Now, I want to give Reagan the benefit of the doubt that he had good intentions in California and as the president. What was happening is these institutions that people uh, who struggled with mental illness ended up in, such as state hospitals and various institutions, what was happening is they were being put in there against their own will by some bad judges. And they um, uh, were being abused terribly in these institutions by the workers. Reagan wanted to stop this by deinstitutionalizing uh, mental uh, illness and not uh, and making it so that you cannot be put in an institution against your own will. He did it in California and again, as I said, as president. Now, that's fair enough. And he wanted to protect people from bad judges. And I say, good job. What a great intention. However, the grand failure was that mental health care clinics and community clinics were never funded or built to fill in the gap that was left. The idea was to have mental health care clinics and community clinics within a given community to, to fill in the gap left from this deinstitutionalization of health, uh, mental health care services. But that never happened. So you have the deinstitutionalized people released to the streets and droves and... At the same time, the clinics never funded or built. That was a grand failure. And in addition to what Reagan did in his administration, I almost want to pin it on one person, but the maddening pace of our modern society and the separation and isolation caused by the Industrial Revolution has seemed to increase the cases of mental illness. Because what's happened since the Industrial Revolution, which you should know by now I am not a fan of, uh, what happened is we went from a society where families were strong and families were together and you had the kids and you had mom and dad and you had grandmas and grandpas and aunts and uncles. Everybody was a support system to each other. And when the Industrial Revolution happened, we all became individualized to the extreme to where we had no support for each other. So you, you mix legislation with this uh, society of separation and isolation and what you end up with is rampant homelessness, rampant amount of people, a high amount of people in the streets with mental illness, with no support, just left free to roam. So we have these isolated individuals suffering from mental illness who have no support, getting radicalized, getting hold of weapons, and killing multitudes of people. So there's a cause. A fourth cause for these mass killings is the spiritual decline of society. As we continue to move as a society further from knowledge of the creator, we are leaving a void inside people who are made to be one with their creator. So we take prayer out of public schools. We take the scriptures out of public schools. We, uh, we basically just erase any knowledge of a creator from our society begin teaching evolution as some grand accident of the universe. You begin teaching um, that there's no creator. 
atheism basically just takes over in our schools and in our institutions. And what happens uh, at that point then is that people are left with a void because humans were made to know God and to be one with their creator. You take that away, you're left with a void. And that void has to get filled with something. Well, after decades now, at least 50, 60, 70 years of this void, at least in American society, other like European societies, longer periods of time of this void, then people go crazy. Because if you're made to know God in the only way to have peace, fulfillment, happiness is to know God and be one with God, then you take that away and then people just go crazy because they're not fulfilling their purpose in life. So you got the spiritual decline of society. And then finally, the fifth cause of these mass killings is the decline of the family. The decline of the family leads to further isolation and woundedness. So people are wounded through divorce, through uh, uh, just a general lack of support of the family. Families are isolated. Families have problems. They have struggles with no support system in the community to help them with this. So they end up divorced, frustrated, hurt, angry, and, and the rise in domestic violence. I mean, I, I, as a case manager, I deal daily with individuals just escaping horrific uh, instances of domestic violence. So you just have this decline of the family. Uh, our, our adult cartoons on primetime television our, our music, our movies, it's all anti-family, anti-man, anti-father, anti-parents. And what you're left with, again, is that void. Because as humans, we are meant to exist within family units. Again, you, you take away that void, you wound children, they grow up, and some of them perform mass killings. So there's some causes Please email me. Let me know what do you think are some causes of mass killings. Now, let's look at some solutions. This is the fun part. This is the part where we get to where, what are some solutions. The first solution I would, or one solution, not like in importance or whatever, but one solution uh, to these mass killings would be the elimination of assault weapons, period. Elimination from society of assault weapons. I, maybe the military should have assault weapons because they're in war and they're dealing with people who are using assault weapons. But private citizens, I don't care if you're a criminal, if you're an innocent person, you don't need an assault weapon. I mean, guns are useful for hunting Guns are useful for defending yourself and disabling or killing a potential threat to your life. <clears throat> and some people just get a thrill out of shooting guns into the blank air at night. But you don't need assault weapons. What I mean by assault weapons, I'm talking about guns and weapons that are aimed at very quickly and in a short amount of time killing multiple people. Semi-automatic weapons, we weapons with, with large magazine capacities, weapons that are guns that are just meant to kill and to kill quickly multiple people. Now, guns, people will say guns are a right of the U.S. Constitution so that we can defend ourselves from a tyrannical government. True enough. 
However, semi-automatic, automatic, and assault weapons that are designed for the purpose of killing, such as in war, are not necessary to the general public. They say, well, what if this tyrannical government comes at us with assault weapons? And that's fair enough. They could use the military. But again, we, what we're doing by leaving that open door to private citizens is that we are leaving a wide open door to people who are intent on carrying out these mass killings. So I think that tough sanctions, such as long prison sentences and, and so on, are possessing a, uh, uh, for possessing these assault weapons should be enacted. For example, I do work among the poor in Kenya. In Kenya, there are no gun laws. In other words, you're, uh, you're not allowed to possess a gun in Kenya. And as you walk through the streets in the cities of Kenya, there's military people with semi-automatic rifles in their hands at many of the storefronts as you walk through the street. And if there's any danger, they are immediately on the scene. I had a guy in downtown Nairobi one time trying to confront me. He's high on drugs. I got it. And I mean, within a minute, there's boom, a military guy, semi-automatic rifle in that guy's face saying, you get away from this American right now. You know, so I was protected, even though I didn't have a gun because the military's everywhere there to protect the citizens. Uh, And if you are caught with a gun in Kenya, the police are instructed by the government to automatically shoot you and kill you with no questions asked for having a gun. Now you say, well, that's a bit extreme. (laughs) Well, aren't mass killings extreme too? You see, I'm I'm not for the elimination of guns for law-abiding citizens. And I've thought long about this. You know, I'm I'm just not for that, the elimination of guns for law-abiding citizens, but definitely, especially in a world where the bad guys are going to get the guns. But definitely is there no need for weapons designed to quickly kill mass amounts of people. So there would be one solution. Another solution is to provide help for the helpless. In this case, it is those trapped in mental illness. When somebody is suffering from mental illness, they're trapped. They don't know what to do. They don't know where to go. They can't think clearly for themselves And so we help the helpless. As a society, we've got to step up and surround those with this illness with love and the proper supports. And we certainly should not leave them on the streets to defend themselves or leave them alone to go crazy and create chaos. I mean, as I, you know, have done this, my work with the homeless for many years, you know, every time, even after all these years, I see somebody with schizophrenia or whatever, going crazy on the streets, I think, how in the world, as a society, does why do we think that it's okay to let this person try to survive on their own with no supports, no food, no housing? How do we even think that that's at all right? So society, we got to step it up. We got to get serious and say, some of our brothers and sisters are struggling with some deep struggles we don't understand, and we need to get our, our crap together. And start loving on these brothers and sisters and supporting them. Institutions are not necessarily the answers. They can often, again, be abusive. So we should create local community clinics that are well-regulated and well-funded. The third solution I want to propose to you for the mass killings is stand up to those who promote violence. Whether it's in music, movies, websites, or whatever type of outlet, 
We need to take a strong stance and stop supporting those who use these venues to promote violence. So in other words, we'll refuse to watch their movies. We'll refuse to, to go to their concerts. We'll refuse to buy their albums. We'll refuse to visit their websites. We'll ref, you know, in other words, if enough people did this, they would get the hint because they would stop making money and money talks in our world. And then finally, I think another solution is that we need to get back to God and family. We've got to get back to God and family. I don't care how stupid you think it is to believe in God. It's stupid to not realize that that's what you were made for, is for your creator. You see? You were made to love and be loved by your creator. You were made to love and be loved within a family unit. That's the truth. And if you go outside of that, then you get in deep trouble. So we've got to get back to, to, to as a society, to, to teaching and knowing that we were made by a loving creator and we need to be in conversation with that creator and we need to be in conversation with each other and the family unit and start just making a huge effort to support our families and get the family back on track in our society. Then I think we'll see a huge reduction in the mass killings. It is no, it's, it's not an accident that after we've gotten rid of knowledge of God in our society and gotten rid of the family in our society and attack it like crazy, it's, it's no surprise than the, one of the after effects is constant mass killings and violence everywhere. Now, notice today that I did not mention politicians. And that's on purpose. Politicians are not, nor ever will be the answer to mass killings. I once got in an argument about the location of one of the states in America with someone. And after go, each of us going through all of these explanations back and forth about where the state's located, arguing about it. You know what we finally did? We finally decided to just look at a map, <laughs> see where it's located. You know, as a society, we've gone in circles and conversations and arguments back and forth trying to figure out the problem to violence and mass killings. Well, folks, we have been given a map. It's called the Ten Commandments. It's called the Gospels. It's called the Scriptures. Yet we've thrown this map out of our schools, out of our homes, and out of our public squares. It is then no surprise that violence ensues when society is left with a chasmic void. So I encourage you to get back to the roots. Follow the map to get radical and to take a stand as you create a just society right where you are. You've been listening to Common Sense on Social Justice with your host, Michael Davis. A common sense and fresh perspective to creating justice where you are. Share your comments and questions with Michael by emailing sjcommonsense at gmail.com. That's sjcommonsense at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. 
You can support this vital mission of evangelization through MatraDayRadio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.